How does it feel to be a modern day slave? Working minimum wages, time to cock gauges. How does it feel to be a modern day slave? Working minimum wages, time to cock gauges. How does it feel to be a modern day slave? Working minimum wages, time to cock gauges. How does it feel to be a modern day slave? Working minimum wages, time to cock gauges. I take a knee, but no one listens to no. Cares about no descendant of some. I entertain them like a book dancing. Shoot that ball, make them laugh. And it don't matter how you vote, cause you's a Democratic, Republican. I held my job and still they pay me like a. Whip me like a. Then work me like a. Dirty cops shoot a back talking. Drug dealing, a runaway. Obama won cause they were scared of the Knew they owed her, but never paid the You make it to the league and still be a Million dollar, a welfare The prison system got like three million I speak for the, I wanna free the How does it feel to be a modern day slave? Working minimum wage, it's time to cock gauges How does it feel to be a modern day slave? Working minimum wage, it's time to cock gauges How does it feel to be a modern day slave? Working minimum wage, it's time to cock gauges How does it feel to be a modern day slave? Working minimum wage, it's time to cock gauges Now it don't matter about your color, you're a white trash, a ghetto black And Trump don't care about no Mexicans or Puerto Ricans. Just let them drown. No, 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 nobody cares about the health. Oh, no. Sick or not, I'll fire that. I know all whites didn't really own. Some blacks own. Some Uncle Tom. And everybody benefited from the sharecropping. That act swinging. Even the White House was designed by some intelligence and built by more the silver war was won and fought by some fought for the we died like some and everybody loves the cooking from us sex from her then toss away her how does it feel to be a modern day slave working minimum wage it's time to cock gauges how does it feel to be a modern day slave? Working minimum wages, time to cock gauges. How does it feel to be a modern day slave? Working minimum wages, time to cock gauges. How does it feel to be a modern day slave? Working minimum wages, time to cock gauges. We're going to actually watch it live, or we're going to watch it from here, and. uh yeah, so we're gonna do a call-in show as well. I'm sorry about that echo, y'all. I didn't know that there was echoing. Please bear with me. So many people ask me, brother Ben X, man, how do I know that you're going live? How do I know when you're producing a podcast? And I saw you also just made a hundred and thirty thousand dollars in two days. Well, there's a way that you guys can get informed from us via text message. All you have to do is text fifty k to two one zero five zero four four zero nine four, and we'll give you more information with free game. And we'll let you guys know how we made $130,000 in two days. Text the word 50K to 210-504-4094. We'll give you updates. 
notifications and let you guys know how we made 130000 in two days. Peace. All right, I want to take you now to Dallas, Texas, where former Dallas police officer Amber Geiger has been found guilty of murder. She is the Dallas police officer who killed a man named Botham Jean in his own home. He was unarmed. Let's bring in Omar Villafranca, our CBS News correspondent who's there. He's been following the case all along. Omar, uh, you know, th- this was a, a story that had been followed by so many people. We saw Botham Jean's family there in the immediate aftermath after that jury came back with the verdict. Just describe the mo- Hey, family, if you are listening, if the audio is better, please press one. If the audio is better, please press one moments leading up to the verdict when the jury filed back into the room and what subsequently happened when she was found guilty. And, and Vlad, I'm not trying to be distracted here, but this jury has been going since about yesterday when they were handed the case. So they've had this overnight. They started yesterday on their deliberations and uh, now they have come to a conclusion. There was two options that were on the table. There was manslaughter, punishable by up to 20 years or possibly probation or murder. Everybody saw that as the higher bar to reach, but the jury said they basically heard enough and they've come back with guilty of murder. Now, when we were basically listening and watching all this, there was audible sobbing inside the courtroom. Of course, the judge, Judge Tammy Kemp, has tried to keep the court very tight. She's telling everybody no outbursts at all in court. You had sobbing on one side from Geiger's family. Amber Geiger herself was seen kind of shaking um, from the backside. But for the for both of Jean's family, uh, there was more than a dozen here who came in from the island nation of St. Lucia. They were a different type of tears. So this puts the end uh, for now, basically, something that's been going on for more than a year. Let's flash backwards about a year. September 6, 2018, Amber Geiger has just come off work. It's a Thursday. She's going to what she thinks is her apartment at the Southside Flats here in Dallas County, just really a few blocks away from Dallas Police Headquarters. Um, and she thinks she's going to her third floor apartment. Turns out she's actually going to her fourth floor apartment. She tries to put the key in her door. She sees it slightly open, hears a commotion inside, pulls her service pistol. She told the jury that she told uh, this shadowy figure she saw in the background, let me see your hands, let me see your hands. That was Botham Jean, a 26-year-old from St. Lucia, worked for PricewaterhouseCooper. He was an accountant. He, he said, hey, 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 and that's when two shots were fired. One miss, another one hit him in the chest. Now, during the court... Okay, now, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to stop this and, and speak about this, and I want y'all to comment. I want y'all to be in the comments engaged. Because, number one, when you go into somebody's house or you go into the wrong house... Listen, man, that man was at the crib eating ice cream, watching TV. And if he was watching TV, that means that the house was lit up. That's number one. Number two, if the house is lit up by the TV, you can't tell that that's not your house. You can't tell that that's not your couch. Come on, man. Y'all, you know, that old devil is trying to say, oh, I didn't know that was my home. That's that's bored to me. Because the, the moment you walked in, even if you really thought, that that was your house. The moment you walked in, you should have seen, damn, this not, that's not my house. And if you and, and if you can't tell that that's not your, you don't need to be no police officer anyway, because you ain't you obviously ain't, ain't got the awareness for that kind of job. Course of this trial, which lasted a little bit more than a week, um, we heard testimony from. Uh, not only some of the officers who were responding, but also from neighbors uh, and the lead, investiga- lead investigator in this, David Armstrong, who's a Texas Ranger, um, 
the defense was basically saying it's a confusing-looking apartment complex. It's reasonable. It was reasonable, they were saying, for Amber Geiger to go to the wrong apartment complex. But the prosecution was putting up a big fight saying, not really. She's a police officer. She's supposed to be observant. There was a red car. And that's not the same thing I'm saying. Like, you're supposed to be observant. Hell, that's how they get it. See, that's how they be getting away, family. Somebody said that it was a, a, a alternative fact, some boy like that. But see, let me tell y'all, I did a video on this before, family. And if y'all haven't seen my video, I'm going to try to find it if I, if I can. But every time a white police officer shoot a black man, you always hear them say, gun, gun, gun. Why do they always have to yell, gun, gun, gun? What are they doing? Well, what they're doing, family, they're saying or they know they got that body cam on. They know they got that audio on. So when they get to court, they in their mind, they're going to say, well, I thought he had a gun. Didn't you hear me say gun, gun, gun? No. That old I fear for my life crap? No. As the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, we ain't got no history of killing white people. White people has a history of killing us. Y'all not afraid. What you afraid of is us waking up. What you afraid of is us getting that knowledge yourself. But you ain't afraid of us to be killing, killing y'all. A bunch of liars, man. Carpet that was on the ground in front of his of his particular unit that she should have seen. She should have been paying attention when opening the door. It was dark inside, but he said it, it people's apartments smell different when you know it's not yours. Ultimately, the jury sided uh, with the prosecution, and now the big question is how long will her sentence be? The jury is going to take a break. Uh, Judge Tammy Kemp is going to give them time. They're going to come back around one. She's been a little bit loose on her times and, and, and letting the jury kind of uh, come when they're ready. So we're expecting after one o'clock, it's going to be the punishment phase. How long is she going to serve? We have to basically find out and see what the, how long the jury gives her. Uh, Omar, let me ask you this. Uh, so one of the things uh, that was sort of controversial, Judge Tammy Kemp, and you just mentioned her, uh, she ruled on Monday that yeah. one of the things that the jury could factor into their deliberations was the defense counsel's uh, uh, point that um, perhaps Amber Geiger was able to be protected under what's called the Castle Doctrine in Texas, which is a stand-your-ground law. Um, it allows the deadly use of force by civilians on their property. Oh, oh, okay. So we're going to go with the stand-your-ground law protecting somebody's on their property. Well, guess what? That's what that, that law is supposed to apply to him, not her. You see, whoever, whoever threw that thought out there is, 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 is stupid. So you're going to try to get her off with the stand your ground on your property when it's his property. Do y'all see how they how they how they attempted to turn that thing? Man, we dealing with demons, boy. They argue that she thought she was on her property on her property. Um, the yes. prosecutor, Jason Fine, said that that doesn't work here. Um, it shouldn't apply. It protects homeowners against intruders. And now all of a sudden an intruder is trying to use it against the homeowner. Right. And, and, and it was interesting because the defense did not uh, wanted that in there. The prosecution did not want. Of course, um, in, in the courtroom on social media, people were, of course, asking the Castle Doctrine. How is this possible? To now, uh, I see a lot of people in the comment section. Uh, now, this is a video that was posted earlier this morning. If y'all know what the verdict is or if y'all know what the sentencing is, please comment it below. Comment it below. If y'all know what the sentence is, family, go ahead and comment it below so we can know the update. 
Well, to put it in simple terms, and let me put this big disclaimer out there, I am not an attorney uh, at all. So, but what they were basically saying is in the castle doctrine, you can protect your castle. I mean, it's, it's the simplest terms that an attorney told me. You can protect your castle if you feel somebody's trying to come in. The prosecution did not want that in there. Well, there is a small, the devil's always in the details, Vlad. There is a, something in there called a mistake of fact that's part uh, of this. Uh, it's a defense that's used. If you reasonably believe, and this is what this law says, if you reasonably believe you are in your castle, then you can defend it. That's all. That's some of the dumbest stuff I've ever heard in my life. If you reasonably believe that you in your house, then you can get away with a mistaken fact. Do you know how many, I mean, how many evil-minded people can use that and, and, and just go kill their neighbors who they got into an argument with? Oh, I thought I was in my home. It was a mistaken fact. Do you know how many wicked people could just simply put the same mat in front of their door and say, oh, I thought this was my house. We had the same mat. Oh, it was Christmas time. We had the same look, 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 what you don't even, I don't celebrate Christmas, but what that little thing called, you know what I'm saying? A little Christmas, little ornaments. Oh, we had the same, oh, oh, I, oh, my bad. Man, they get the... <laughs> All castle doctrines are not created equal. They're state by state. It's not a federal thing which goes across. So interesting to see. Uh, we don't know exactly how the jury interpreted that or if they looked at it at all or if the prosecution's case enough saying that she should have seen all the signs that it was not her place and didn't pay attention. Uh, we don't know what factored into their decision to go for the murder. One thing I can say during closing arguments and during their, uh, during their arguments period, the prosecution was noting how Amber Geiger, who was carrying a first aid kit who was trained in CPR uh, basically did a few moments of one-handed compressions of CPR and then left to go outside to find out what apartment she was at when she realized she was not in her apartment they're saying she should now everybody who's watching this there is a woman there's a black woman who actually filmed this I was supposed to be doing an interview interview with her myself but uh, some things happened in our schedule where I was able, I wasn't able to do it, but I think my brother out of Houston uh, from the Advice Show actually got it. Do y'all remember that black lady's name who says she filmed it? What is her name so I can go download the video so we can review that as well? Have done more. She had combat gauze in her bag that was not opened at all. The prosecution held that up for the jury, saying, "You're carrying this. You did nothing," um, and that was something that may have resonated with the jury. Of course. They're not talking. There's a gag order, uh, and everybody, for the most part, has basically uh, adhered to that gag order. So what shifted it for the jury? We're going to have to wait and see. Yeah, it's interesting, Omar, too. You mentioned uh, you're not a lawyer, neither am I, but one of the points that you made is uh, for that castle doctrine to apply, you have to have a reasonable uh, assumption that you are in your castle. And that's the key, that's the key word, reasonable. reasonable. That was the key word, reasonable. The, de the defense was saying it was reasonable, and they even brought up it the, is lead, a video uh, we've the seen for investigator's information. They pulled basically residents saying, have you ever walked into the wrong uh, floor before? Have you ever walked into the wrong apartment? And, and some people said, absolutely. Yeah, they did. Well, the prosecution uh, basically countered it every time. One gentleman said, yeah, he walked in, saw a woman on a couch, realized it was not his place because he didn't recognize the woman or the couch and the defense said see it happens well the prosecution during cross-examination asked the gentleman did you shoot that woman no okay i released the witness right he was saying it happened but her actions were different and that was a big thing reasonable was was the big term and it seems at this point 
this jury sided with the prosecution. Yeah, the, uh, one of the prosecutors uh, described uh, Amber Geiger's testimony as garbage, uh, saying, uh, in fact, that it was absurd for a trained police officer, someone, it's one thing for you or I who may not be trained uh, to observe our surroundings mm -hmm. in great detail, the way a trained police officer, and she wasn't a rookie, um, was to be trained. So the prosecutor saying that she missed numerous signs that you just pointed out, Omar, um, in the complex, number one being that she was on a floor higher than her own apartment. The other was that there was a welcome mm -hmm. mat, the red welcome mat that you pointed to, um, mm -hmm. that she did not have on her floor. And the other... Let me tell y'all which part really messed me up. And, and, and what really just pissed me all the way off. This lady right here, or this devil right here, Amber Geiger, do y'all know when she was on that stand, when they asked her, and did you shoot Botham Jean? She said, he was the threat. Yes. He had to repeat the question and say, I didn't ask you that. I just simply asked you, did you shoot him? She going to try to throw in, he was the threat. In his own home, unarmed, she going to try to throw in, oh, he was the threat. I mean, I mean, you can't fathom the depths of Satan. I mean, just a wicked mind. Going to try to put it on this dead man. Like he was the threat in his own, in his own, eating some ice cream. Which I thought was interesting, um, and I want to get your take on what you heard in the courtroom with yeah. regards to what ultimately um, the prosecution and the defense said about the fact that there was that ice cream and the cookies that were on the coffee table or that tel uh, table in front of the television. Uh, apparently, Botham Jones was perhaps watching television. Was it ever established that he actually stood up or um, that, you know, because she said she feared for her life. So I'm just trying to figure out how the, uh, the prosecution um, established uh, what he was doing in the moments leading up to his death. Now, the defense basically reiterated it when Amber Geiger took the stand last Friday. She said that the that he was moving forward towards her. Now, they brought in the medical examiner who looked at all the forensic evidence and talked about the path of the bullet. Uh, that's, that's medical science. That's not really anything that is up for debate as far as which way the bullet in. And bullet went into, the, into Botham Jean's body. Apparently, it went in at an angle this way, um, and it hit, it hit the heart. It hit the lung. Um, it, hit, it hit the intestine twice and came uh, resting on the back. It did not go through his body. Um, now, f she was not nine feet tall and shooting down, so that led the medical examiner to believe that there was some sort of leaning either. The defense said he was leaning forward, kind of insinuating that he was moving towards her, but the prosecution argued this could have been a man getting up off of his couch after somebody is coming to his apartment. Again, the jury seemed to believe the prosecutor on this side that he was getting up. You mentioned the bowl of ice cream. It was Thursday night. He had turned the lights off in his apartment. He had a bowl of ice cream. His TV was on. He was watching Thursday night football, like many Americans do. And this happened. She had just come off work, uh, and she was coming to what she thought was her apartment, heard what was going on inside, and her training kicked in. This is something also the prosecution really went after. She used her training to carry her gear in her non-shooting hand, almost 30 pounds of gear, uh, so she could keep her shooting hand accessible to her weapon. Uh, she followed that part when she was going in, opened the door, even said, let me see your hands, let me see your hands. Also, another training by police. But prosecutors absolutely raked her over the coals, saying, how come you didn't follow your other training? You're 
Sorry if I'm ignorant on this particular situation, but uh, was there no body cam? And was there any audio on Amber Geiger at the night of this shooting? Oh, maybe maybe, it was, maybe she didn't have it because she was off work. But somebody please clarify in the comments for me because I'm not sure about that part. You're trained to do CPR. Why didn't you do that? If you're in a situation uh, where you are containing, you're able to conceal and contain a suspect you're less than you're walking distance from Dallas police headquarters. You had a radio on. You could have easily called them back up. And the, the quote that he used was, you could have had the cavalry there in two minutes in your own apartment. Why didn't you do that? You followed procedure here, but you didn't hear what happened. Your mistake is what prosecution was saying. Your mistake basically cost both of John his life. Hmm. Um, one last thing, uh, Omar, before we bring on an attorney yeah. to talk to us about some of the legalities here. Um, Amber Geiger was able to get into Botham Jean's apartment because his door was defective. Is that right? Yes. And, and I'll, I'll go into it real quick. Apparently, the latching mechanism, the metal uh, on the door, it just it, it wasn't latching. And it, it didn't it was bowed out, according to investigators, and it wouldn't fully close. And apparently this was not just a problem at his place. Apparently a lot of people who came up said, yeah, all the door latches are a little bit off. Uh, They don't kind of latch together. So some places you had to pull it close. Other places you had to pull it and then jiggle the handle to get it to slide in. And that is what uh, the investigators are saying happened. She walked up to the apartment. It was slightly ajar. She pulled out her key. It's not a, a traditional key. It's not the metal key. It's a fob. Um, so it's got electronics on it. So every key fits in, but not every key turns it. You don't, you sh- if it works, you will see a green light, and you'll hear whirring, and you can tur- turn the handle. Um, if it doesn't work, you hear a red flashing light. Well, since it was cracked, she apparently the defense said she pushed it in and saw that it was open, and that's when she, re- she said, uh-oh, somebody is inside what she thought was her apartment. So that was a big point of contention. There was no sign of forced entry into that apartment. Really, really interesting. Uh, Omar, stand by. I want to bring uh, into this discussion attorney Ken Belkin. He's besides critiquing family. I do want us to learn from this situation. Whether she lied, whether we know she lied, whatever the case may be, I do want us to consider checking your doors, checking your windows and making sure that you're taking charge of your posts in all temple property in view. Make sure you're locking stuff down, making sure your car locked, making sure you locked. Not even just a material thing, but you as a human being. Make sure you on point. Make sure your security on point. Because, yes, this is a, a, a crazy accident, but what I don't want to happen is for it to happen to us. So make sure your doors is locked. Make sure your children's windows is, is, is locked before they may have opened up the window and let the, let the window up because they was hot. So just you, you learn. We got to learn from this situation as well. Joining me on the telephone. Uh, so, Ken, I don't know how long you've been tracking what Omar and I have been uh, talking about uh, with the news. If our audience is just joining us, that former Dallas police officer, Amber Geiger, uh, who was accused of shooting Botham Jean Mann uh, in his own apartment when she mistakenly entered his apartment thinking it was her own. She has been found guilty by a jury of her peers of murder. Um, but we were going back and forth, Omar and I, about this castle doctrine and how it could or could not apply in this particular case, being essentially a stand your ground uh, doctrine in Texas that allows a homeowner to protect his or her home in uh, the case of an attempt of an invasion. But the prosecution argued that this was not that. Can you explain for our audience? 
puck. There's a big gaping hole in, in this theory of defense that the Castle Doctrine applies. And put simply, she was not in her home. You know, typically the Castle Doctrine applies in Texas where you're in your own home, someone enters your home or your property, and you use lethal force to defend yourself. It is a, a, an affirmative defense that you can put forward. But she was not in her own home. Quite to the contrary, she was in the victim's home. And so, Ken, could, the question then becomes, if she thought that she was in her apartment, um, and the, the question being the reasonable uh, assumption that you are in your own home, could, could the jury have considered that? I mean, the fact of the matter is, I can believe that I'm a six foot two basketball player on the Knicks. It doesn't change the reality that I'm a five foot five short, bald Jewish guy. Uh, because she was mistaken, she is a police officer, she is training. It is incumbent on her to at least analyze the situation before deploying lethal force. Okay, so uh, now this, it, it's sort of interesting too. One of the things that I uh, was. Uh, what I thought was peculiar, but I guess it has to do with the state laws in Texas, was that originally uh, Amber Geiger was not charged with some type of manslaughter. She was charged with murder, um, which, you know, carries a life sentence in Texas. Um, can you explain perhaps why uh, in this particular instance the prosecution and the district attorney felt that they had no option but to charge her with murder? Now, before, he, uh, before I let the lawyer go ahead and explain that, you know this, this America is so messed up and there's so much injustice for black people when you when 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 we are almost excited and 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 and, and happy that our officer has been found guilty. It's amazing because even if we have a man saying I can't breathe, even if we have a man who is on video, HD video saying I can't breathe and the officer is still Choking this man. We still in the back of our mind as black people say, damn, I bet you they still going to get off. So it's, 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 I mean, it shows you the injustice that this is like a, this is like, it, this is almost like good luck to us that, that they even found guilty because we know the sentencing hasn't happened yet. I, I'm reading the comments. They say that's going to happen tomorrow. But the fact that we excited, that, that something that's obvious is happening, it's, it's almost like, wow. Well, I, I can't question why the prosecutors did that. I think some of it might be politically motivated. You know, it's clear to me that this would have been more properly charged as a manslaughter because I don't think she came into this situation with the intent to take this man's life. She thought she was in her own home, if you believe her version of events, and that she was acting in self-defense. Uh, but the reality is she was not. Right. Um, and so the other the other um, uh, point that was made by uh, the prosecution was that uh, in the aftermath, after Botham Jean was shot, uh, she, uh, being a police officer with some type of training, uh, did not really apply any kind of medical uh, attention or procedures on to Botham Jean and, in fact, uh, stepped outside of the apartment um, and they argue that uh, th that was another rationale for them saying that she clearly um, was not concerned with his well-being after the, the shooting had occurred. Well, it's certainly an aggravating factor with respect to what charge she receives, what homicide-related charge she receives. But the reality is, I don't think 
that the prosecution in this case and the jury clearly disagreed. I don't think the prosecution in this case could prove that she intended to kill this man, which is an element of the murder. Well, actually, on the stand, she said she tried to kill him. She said that out of her own mouth. Now, if he's talking about, okay, she made a premeditated in her mind, I'm finna go to this particular house and do it. But she said on the stand that she was trying to kill him. Charge that's necessary to be proven. Right, am I, um, am, I mean, I think that's what I saw earlier. Am I right on that? Didn't you, did y'all see that video? When he asked her, were you trying to... Oh, no, y'all let me know. I think that's what I heard, though. Let me know. Uh, 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 confirm for me, though. So now if she... It, yeah, so, so to your point, which is, kind of, which is I think is really interesting, is that, you know, the, if that is true, do you expect, and I know you can't speculate what a judge will ultimately decide, but I'm just, you know, given that the the murder charge does carry a life sentence. How do you think the judge will, will sentence here? I think he's going to take into account, you know, the fact that she's a police officer, she served her community. Presumably she has no prior contacts with the criminal justice system or she wouldn't be qualified to be a police officer. And I think she's probably going to get, uh, I think if the judge were being fair and not, you know, consumed by all the coverage and the politics of it, I think she, the judge would be rightly served by giving as lenient a sentence as permitted under Texas state law. Uh, okay. Uh, and this dude just said if the judge was fair, that the judge would be more lenient? Hmm. That's interesting. Um, Ken Belkin, uh, thank you very, very much. We appreciate the analysis. Uh, our Omar Villafranca is also on the ground there. There's a press conference that's happening uh, very, very soon. So Omar had to run. He's going to be covering that. But we're going to obviously have a lot more news on this. Uh, again, if you're just joining us here on CBS in there, you're looking at a live shot right now of uh, that press conference that's going to happen in Dallas in just a short time. Obviously, when it does, we'll bring it to you. But if you're just joining us, um, a Texas jury has found that a former police officer, Amber Geiger, who shot her neighbor in his own apartment, has been found guilty of murder. She fatally shot Botham Jean in his apartment. All right, family. So let's do some call-ins. Now, before I introduce this call-in show, please, I need y'all to be very, very disciplined. There's a lot of people watching right now. There's almost 100 people watching on YouTube, 400 people watching on, um, on, on Facebook. Please be disciplined. I'm about to allow y'all to call in. But before I allow y'all to call in, only one person can be on the line at a time. So as soon as one person gets off, that's when you can call in. Please, please let's follow this or we're not going to be able to do this. So I can take maybe two calls. If you want to chime in, call in and, and, and give your two cents on this, I'm, I'm going to put the number up on the screen. But when somebody is on the phone, when I answer the phone, please don't call in. All right, there go the number. The number is on the screen right now. If you would like to listen to this podcast when it's over, you can go to Brother Ben X Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. You can go to Brother Ben X Podcast and you can follow me on Instagram as well at Brother Ben X. But that's the number on the screen. You can call in now. You now can call in. The number is on the screen. I just need y'all to be disciplined now. And uh, next, we're about to watch the interview with Bunny. Uh, I downloaded the interview with Bunny. That's the black sister who actually recorded some of it, some of the situation. Uh, we're going to watch that next. Peace. Welcome to the Brother Ben X Show. What's your name and where you calling from? Uh, this is Omar. I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. How you doing, sir? 
I'm doing good. Uh, well, I just had a couple of things on my mind about this whole case. You know, I, I heard about her being guilty this uh, this morning when I was at work, and you know, this is the first time I really kind of like broke down from you know a situation like this, even though it's been happening for a while. But it's you know, this type of stuff is really starting to get to you know the youth, and I think that you know. We have to come up with a different approach to handle this type of stuff. And I think we're kind of forgetting about where we are and what's really going on. And there's been kind of like a, um, like people really been ignoring our situation for uh, for a long time on a global scale. And there has not been an appropriate response to this type of stuff because this is not the first time. And this has been going on for way too long for us to be, you know, getting all up in arms and happy about this woman being, you know, I'm I'm happy that she got found guilty, but this stuff is getting ridiculous. Yes, because, sir. and it reminds me of the Stephen Clark case. You know, he's twenty, he's twenty three. I'm twenty two years old, so I know if that can happen to him, that can happen to any of us. Mm. You know, nobody, Muslim, Christian, whatever, a black man, you are, or a black woman, you are not free from this type of treatment. And you know, it's been beyond time for us to take our case to the United Nations, but on a realistic manner, that's not going to solve our problem. We have to reevaluate how we're each other and how we're dealing with one another because it gets hard to be able to approach these sort of situations uh, effectively if we are murdering each other and we're dealing with each other in an inhumane way. So when this type of stuff happens, you've got one group of people who uh, who are happy of our people, but then you know, we still got our own issues, and it gets hard for, you know, us to respond to stuff like this collectively when we are all at odds with one another. So the first thing that I think we really need to do is just reevaluate how we're dealing with one another so when something like this happens, we can have an appropriate response. And I'm not saying that we should go around, you know, causing mayhem or havoc or anything like that, but there is an appropriate response for situations like this. If you look at the Chinese, if you look at the Japanese, you look at any people on the planet, they all handle aggression in a certain way. And this was an act of aggression. Yes, sir. You know, towards our people. Yes, so, sir. We can't, afford, we can't afford this type of stuff anymore, man. And, I, and you know, it's, it's, it's a, it hurts. Like, it really does hurt to see one of our brothers being killed like that. And I don't know if he was an immigrant, you know, from, you know, I heard he was from, like, Jamaica or something like that. But regardless, you know, this is one of our brothers. And for him to be killed in his own home, he's got to start we have to start thinking more critically about our situation. Like, yes, sir. Well, man, I'm, I, I got to get on to this next caller. We got people calling in, man, but I thank you for calling okay. in and sharing your words. All right, thank you. All right, peace. All right, we're going to take one more call, and then we're going to get to the next video. And the next video is going to be Sister uh, Bunny, and she was with Brother Phil from the Advice Show. Uh, that's his old name that, that it was. That's, that's what I know him as. So we're going to watch that because she actually filmed it. I mean, not I'm not the actual situation, but she was she was filming uh, that night, you know, because she stayed across the breezeway. So we're going to watch that. So let's take one more caller and do not call while somebody's on. Don't call while somebody's on. Peace. What's your name? Where are you calling from? What's your name? Where are you calling from? Um, uh, like I'm Jennifer Muhammad calling from Phoenix, Arizona, brother BNX. Well, alaykum salam. How you doing? What's your thoughts? My thoughts are separation. 
this sister, this this woman got involved with a brother. She felt because of her entitlement, she was going to walk. This is deeper than just her being a police officer. This white girl thought because she got involved with a married black man, obviously something went wrong. She took up on her own self entitlement that she was going to do what she wanted to do and got off. Now, the reason she got convicted, well, she got convicted is because the white man don't appreciate what she did. You wouldn't mess with that nigga. That's as plain as that's as plain and simple as it is. Had that been a white cop, that white cop would have got off. Like the brother said, it's been going on too long. We aren't surprised that she got convicted. What it is, we're just tired. Wake up, people. They don't care about us. They don't look at us as value. But because this white girl was messing with this black man is why she got convicted. It does not have nothing to do with her being a police officer. Y'all better wake up and wake up quick because it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop black people. You don't see no other race going through this but us. Like you said, Brother Ben, we don't see too many of our people go down behind police brutality. But because this woman went against her own, that's why she got convicted. She didn't get convicted for killing that brother because of being a police officer. She got convicted because how dare you mess with this man? Y'all don't want to say what it is, but we know what it is, Brother Ben, and it's going to keep happening. This is not going to be the last black person get killed by a police officer. It's just not. But because she went against her own grain, they taught her a lesson. It's been going on for years. Wake up, wake up quick. Yes, ma'am. Well, I thank you for calling in. Go ahead, brother. I said, I thank you for calling in, Sharon. Yes, sir. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Okay, no more calls. Don't call in. Please don't call in. We're going to do a call in after we watch the next video. Now, I'm seeing people saying he wasn't black. What do y'all, what do y'all mean he wasn't black? Wait to call in. We're going to finish up the calls. We're going to watch one more video of the black sister who was recording the situation. But before I get to that, what do y'all mean uh, he wasn't black? Why y'all keep saying that? Am I, am I missing something? Peace, family. Thank you for checking out the Brother Ben X podcast. Many people are wondering, what can I do now since digital real estate closed on October the 1st? I still want to learn how to make money on social media. I still want to learn how to market. And I still want to learn how to build my brand. Well, there's one more way that you can do it. It's a couple ways, but I want to tell you all about the ABS tribe. The ABS tribe is weekly coaching every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for only $50 a month. If you are looking for accountability, if you're looking for a group of people that's willing to inspire you, help you out, support you, encourage you, you want to get inside of our ABS tribe because every Tuesday and Thursday, me and brother Jake or one of our more top million dollar friends or six figure friends are on teaching you every single week if you want to join the abs tribe go to www.whatisabstribe.com www.whatisabstribe.com was he white i mean i mean shoot what was he
somebody's i mean I, I, y'all not on not on my youtube but on my facebook they keep saying he wasn't black i'm trying to figure out what y'all talking about her partner was Hispanic. yeah i'm trying to see man come on y'all give me some comments so we can get to this next video i'm trying to figure out what y'all talking about i thought he was Okay, now somebody on my YouTube tripping. Somebody said, I thought he was Spanish or white. Come on now. You see this dang black man, man. You know this man is not white. Somebody said, yes, he was white. Where, okay, where are y'all getting this from? I'm talking about Botham Jean, not her boyfriend. Oh, I see what you're saying. I, I see what's going on. Y'all talking about somebody else. Okay, that's where the confusion was. I thought y'all was talking about Brother Bottom Jim, I'm like, no, nah, man, this brother not white. What y'all talking about? Okay, let's get to the next video, guys. My bad. Name Amber Geiger, and when we initially heard the story that she walked into the wrong apartment and killed the brother, we all thought that was strange. And then we end up seeing a video that Bunny shared with the world of Amber Geiger walking back and forth. And we don't know the full context of everything, so we're talking to Bunny today. Bunny, thank you for joining us on the show. Absolutely. So, Bunny, walk back to that time with us. Did you hear the actual shot? How All right. I'm noticing that it wasn't on the screen. I'm sorry about that, y'all. I'm sorry it wasn't showing. How did you get the video? Um, I did hear the actual shot, and that's, that's what prompted me to go outside and... Uh, actually start recording the video. Um, I heard everything prior to um, some things I'm not at liberty to speak about, but I did hear the actual gunshots um, and I heard a male's voice say, oh my God, why did you do that? Um, and then that's when I went outside. Um, my video actually started about 60 seconds after the actual shooting took place. In your estimation, how many shots you heard? Two. Two shots. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's talk about the Southside Flats apartments. Okay. So, both of them, John, was he on the fourth floor? He was on the fourth floor. And the Amber Geiger, she lives on the third floor at the time. That's correct. Okay. So, is there any way, shape, form, or even possible for her to confuse his apartment with her apartment? Now, before I continue, I'm not going to cut this off because some of y'all probably have not seen this video at all. But I just want to let y'all know that this sister who's on the screen, she lost her job over that video. So I just I just wanted to throw it out there. She lost her job because of that video. Let's continue. No, I wouldn't see how um, the the elevator, the garage, the hallways, everything is marked with what floor you're on. And if had she had come from the garage, she would have had to walk down two pretty long hallways to get to his door. So she would have passed plenty of indication to let her know she was on the fourth floor. Okay. It was also stated that when it initially happened that she stated that she saw the door kind of ajar could those doors be ajar for any reason no the doors close automatically they're um firefighter doors they close as soon as you release them um i've never had the door over there stay open at all now have you seen amber geiger at all prior to this incident no i had never seen her before what about both of john i've seen him in passing yeah Hey, did you speak to him here and there? Just hi, how are you? Type of type of deal. I never had a real conversation with him. 
But based on your interaction, was, does he seem like a good guy? Yeah, he was very, very friendly. Um, he always seemed, when I did see him in passing, he seemed to have good energy about himself and be in good spirits. So after you heard the shots, you saw her going back and forth at the time period. Was she calling 911? Who was she talking to? Um, from what I could hear, it did not sound like she was making a police call. It sounded like a personal call. Um, it was just a lot of crying, a lot of hysterics. Uh, she was just pacing back and forth for at least seven minutes, um, according to my video, at least seven minutes. And she was on the phone crying. It didn't sound like, from what I could hear, it didn't sound like she was calling the police. So did you think that she was crying because, oh, shoot, or do you think she was crying because she felt she made a mistake? Um, honestly, I don't know. Um, I felt like she was just extremely emotional is what I got from it. Um, she just seemed very hysterical. Did she, in the process of the phone conversation, did she mention anything that she was trying to render aid? No, she, I never verbally heard her mention it. And like I said, I physically seen her walking back and forth. So she wasn't rendering aid. Okay, so the, all the police and um, medical personnel arrived. What was the initial conversation that you heard when they arrived? I heard them kind of pull her to the side and say, you're doing too much. Um, I did hear another police officer take her cell phone from her, um, and I know that they took her back over to the actual scene where I'm assuming his body was laying. They did not remove her from the scene, um, and that, that's pretty much what I heard when the police arrived. So after everything you know, ended, you had this video. I mean, what was your mindset when you saw this video? Like, I know you watched it a couple of times. I did, um, and I actually didn't take the video uh, with any... Um, I didn't plan on uploading it at all. I actually didn't upload the video for two days until after the actual shooting. Um, the next day, you know, I'm looking on the news, looking on social media, trying to figure out what was going on. And I see um, a conflict in the story. I see that it's what she was saying was completely contradicting to what I had seen. Um, so that's when I made the decision to go ahead and upload the video. I was hesitant. Um, I didn't want that attention on myself, but I kind of felt compelled to do something. So I went ahead and uploaded the video um, just because I knew what was on my video was contradicting to what she was saying happened. So once you uploaded the video, it's up on social media. Who's the first person to start contacting you when it went viral? Um, a lot of people. A lot of celebrities contacted me. Every news station I can think of contacted me. A lot of people contacted me claiming to be both of them's either classmates or cousin or somebody. Um, and I actually was able to get in contact with a legitimate cousin of his. Um, she put me in contact with Allison, Botham's mother. She put me in contact with Lee Merritt. And then I was able to kind of get my information over into the white, right hands. Okay, so all the media outlets that start contacting you, was it local and then also uh, national outlets? Yes, both. Mm -hmm. Now, what was the overall theme from the local media and also the national? I mean, did they just want to know information? Oh, they were trying to put words in your mouth. I mean, what was their overall thing? Um, they all wanted permission to use my video, first and foremost. They, the majority of them wanted to speak with me. They wanted to do interviews with me. Um, and I actually did do one interview, um, only under the, the basis that I would be able to view the interview before they were able to publicize it. Um, they actually chopped up my words a little bit in the interview. They mixed stuff up. They kind of made it seem like I was sympathizing with Amber, saying that she was hysterical and 
she regretted when she they kind of made it look like I was defending her um, so I did not give them permission to go ahead and air that interview and after that I didn't speak with anybody else so when you viewed that interview you took time out to try to share the story how did you feel once you was watching them literally propagandize you know a very very serious event that you witnessed okay I'm sorry I can't, I can't let that um <clears throat> I can't let that slide. She just said, family, that somebody came to record. They did an interview and they twisted the narrative. Now, you know that they've been doing that to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan for a while. But I want us to always be listening to learn. That means what I got out of that is anytime something go down and somebody wants to come record to get a story documentation, make sure we recording it, too. Make sure you got your phone on. Make sure that you got a camera just in case somebody try to use your words, twist your words with whatever kind of technology is out there today. Because I seen some technology that's scary to where they can make your mouth look like you saying something you not. Now, 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 I don't know if y'all seen them videos, but that's 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 high tech stuff. However, when you're doing something as serious as this, y'all. We need to make sure that we recording everything ourselves. Even if it's not video, you got the audio yourself. So just make sure you keep that in mind for security. Um, I knew from that moment that I should not speak with anybody else. I knew how they were trying to play this. They were trying to use me as a piece to the puzzle to try to justify what she did. Um, me being the only witness that was willing to come forward. They wanted me to be on her side. Um, and that made me that I just shut down completely. I didn't speak to nobody else. Um, I didn't take any more calls, no interviews or anything like that. So after that, you shut down the media, which is a wise, wise decision um, in this space that we're talking today that, you know, there's a lot of propaganda against our community coming from those outlets. You know, we call it the white media because they are literally towing the line of white supremacy. And we need to you know, speak to our community about these issues. Mm -hmm. So after all of that happened, when did the police, Texas Rangers, etc., start coming to uh, speak to you? Um, the very next day. And they came consistently every day for at least two weeks straight. Okay, now you say consistently. You say once a day, twice a day? Once a day. Once a day, every day for about two weeks. Did they ever tell you that you were maybe uh, helping with their investigation? What were they asking? Yeah, they told me um, that they would appreciate my help within the investigation since I did witness um, more than others. Um, they just they wanted to know what I witnessed, where I was standing, where I took the video from, what I heard, um, both before and after the shots. Um, and I did speak with the DA. I did hand over my video to the DA. Um, but once it, it just got very repetitive, they started asking me the same questions every single day. And that kind of made me feel like they were trying to get me to change my story or try to, you know, set me up in a negative light. So I just completely stopped talking to them as well. So Ed, when you felt like you wanted to stop talking to them, was it because you were starting to feel criminalized? Yes. Um, I didn't I couldn't understand. I couldn't make sense of it why they wanted to have the exact same conversation every single day. And I did get a feeling like they were trying to get me to give a different answer and they were trying to pressure me to say something that I said differently yesterday. Um, and at that point, I just discontinued any any type of communication with them. Now, uh, I don't know how many of y'all seen that movie. Uh, what was it? Park South uh, Central Park Five. How if those little brothers, most of them would have just told the truth, they would have got off. 
So I'm seeing a pattern where they want you to change your story and they ask you the same thing. They may offer you different things. So keep keep all this stuff in mind is all I'm saying as you listen to this because you never know what you're going to go through in life. Freak accidents happen all the time. You never know what you're going to think. And you need to be prepared. And you don't need to be in a situation unprepared. Perfect uh, practice. I, what's the what's the what's the piece preparing you either prepare if you fail to prepare you preparing to fail there it is if we fail to prepare we are preparing to fail you never know what's gonna happen she didn't know she was gonna witness that she didn't know she was gonna get that like that so we got to start to study things that's happening so that when it happens to us we can be prepared and we not tricked out of our position now outside of the local police and also you i know the texas rangers got involved Did it get even higher than the Texas Rangers? Yes, the DA, um, and also I was visited by the feds as well. Um, I asked them why they wanted to speak with me. They weren't able to tell me why. They weren't able to tell me whose orders that they were following to come speak with me. So I didn't communicate with them at all. Okay, so you say feds. What organization the federal government visited you? Um, That's another reason I didn't speak with them. They They just told me that they were the feds. That's literally what they said to me. And I knew at that point, you can't even tell me, you know, what branch you're working for. I'm, I'm not speaking with you. Okay, so they didn't identify themselves as Federal Bureau of Investigation, Homeland mm-hmm. Security, nothing. They just said, I'm the feds. Yep. Now, and how did they show up in your home? How did they dress? Um, they had on suits. They had on black business suits. Um, they denied me any business cards. They denied me any. They didn't. The one gentleman did give me his first name. Um, they wouldn't tell me their last names. Uh, they didn't have any information. Wow. Is this why y'all be is it, not to be funny, but is this why some people be don't answer the door for us when we go door to door with the final call? Do y'all be thinking we F, FBI? Be honest, like for real, be honest, because sometimes I'd be like, man, why they I know I just heard them in there with the TV on. They didn't answer the door. We only trying to spread peace. We're not trying to start. No, we, we trying to spread peace, good news, knowledge. But I be hearing them behind the door and they don't be. So is it because we got the suits on and y'all think we FBI or something? Well, wouldn't that be real strange to say you do an investigation? You don't know who these men are. They don't give you a business card. They don't give you anything. How do you know they were actually feds? That, that's just what they said. And that's why I did not speak with them. Okay. So they harassed you basically for about, you stayed about 30 days? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So after all that happened, um, how did your personal life go like with your employment, et cetera? Well, people within the community, um, I guess, found out where I was employed at and they started harassing the company. They were posting to my company's Facebook page, calling, emailing the corporate office, telling them I'm a radical, I'm anti-police, I'm a black extremist, all this type of stuff. Um, And my employer actually fired me for that. Um, I threatened to go to the media over it, um, and they actually took it a step further and blacklisted my credentials. So my credentials are no longer valid in the state of Texas. Hey, listen, family, if you want to learn how to build your own banking system, yes, I said it, build your own banking system. We have a wonderful course, over 30 lessons, 25 hours of content that also comes with a 268-page textbook, yes, textbook that's going to teach you how to build your own private banking system 
with your family. And let me tell you something. You don't have to be rich in order to do it. Inside of this, go to privatebankingblueprint.com, privatebankingblueprint.com, and we're going to show you exactly how you can build your own private banking system for your family. Guess what? Say buy the credit. Say buy the debt. I'm going to show you how to do it with our private banking blueprint. See you there, privatebankingblueprint.com. Do y'all hear this man? Now, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I, I, sorry, y'all had to sneeze, but I, I, I got to go in right here. This is why the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, I know everybody ain't Muslim in here, but I got to give you the, I, I got to say this. This is why he said separation or death. This is why the Honorable Mr. Louis Farrakhan teaches us do for self or suffer the consequences. Because when we stand up for truth, when we stand up for truth, they can blacklist us. I'm going to say whitelist them. Because we ain't finna just keep using the word black in, in the negative. We get whitelisted, whiteballed, because you stand up for truth. So this is why I'm always pushing entrepreneurship. This is why I be teaching start a business on the side, because whenever we working for somebody else, you may like that job, but that we at we at their expense. See, they can get up tomorrow and say, hey, I don't like you no more and fire you. Now you can't provide for your children. Now you can't provide for yourself. So even if you got a job, man, I, I, I encourage you to find out what what your God given talent is. Find out what your skill is. Find out what your talent is and, and find out how to monetize it. You see, find out how to monetize it so you can stand up like a real woman, like a real man and say to hell with you. If you don't want me to tell the truth, I'm standing on truth. And those of you who are Christians in here, I know there's many of us. The Bible says we can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. Now we can say it in the church. We can quote it, but let's live it. Let's live it, man. Let's let, let's put our trust in God, the God within you. You got force and power within you. The same way they can build a business with their mind, you can too. I don't care what somebody told you. I don't care if your mama told you. I don't care if your daddy told you. Man, you can overcome man, and, and, and sustain yourself. Every creature does it. The bee, the dog, the cow. They do something for themselves. How is it that we are God's greatest creation? Huh? Made in his image and after our likeness. And we run around here and we don't know our aim and our purpose. So I don't mean to, I, I, I didn't plan on preaching. But when she said that, I said, man, I, this is what the teachings is teaching us, man. And unless we separate, they going to control us. They going to be able to control because I employ you. And if you say anything, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But when you're doing it for yourself, when you're making your own bread, when you're calling your own shots, it don't matter. I'm a boss just like you're a boss. I'm a leader just like you're a leader. And that's how we got to be, family. This is why we have to pool our resources. Because you may be saying, well, Brother Ben X, I'm not a businessman. You may say, Brother Ben X, I'm not an entrepreneur. Well, let me tell you something. He gave us another blueprint. He said, get with six to eight like-minded individuals. Come together and do something for yourself. Pull your resources. You may not know how to run a school, but you know how to pick that food out that garden. 
You may not know nothing about running no guard, but you know how to do the restaurant. So let's pool our resources together and let's use each other and stop using each other in a negative way. And let's use each other in a positive way. Huh? Y'all feel me, man? You don't have to know everything, but like an organization, we got to be like the organs in our bodies. The lung is important like the heart is important. The knee is important like the elbow is important. But the elbow is not worried about being no lung. The lung is not worried about being a liver. Every organ in your body is worried about doing what it's supposed to do. And when your organ do what it's supposed to do, it keeps the whole body alive. And that's why we got to be as a people. You do what you do. You fulfill your purpose. And if we unite, truly unite with each other, we can keep our people alive. We can keep ourselves alive by using each other in the best manner. Now, let's continue, family. Do for self or suffer the consequences. Okay. Well, since they took that measure, let's talk about a few things. The so-called the people, and I'm using that very loosely, so-called people. Um, they labeled you as a radical. Are you a radical? I'm not a radical. Are you a black extremist? I'm not. Not at all. Okay. So who do you feel these people are that called your company? Um, people that disagree with me uploading evidence against Amber. Okay. So this company that did this to you didn't give, did they even hear like your side of the story? They did. They gave me a chance to explain myself and they just said, they simply told me they didn't want their company associated with a high profile case. And because of that, they were letting me go. Mm, look at okay. That. So what's the name of this company? Uh, I'm not giving up the name. Okay. So Texas is at will state. So they, mm -hmm. unfortunately, at will at, yeah. unfortunately they can get away with that. So they blacklisted you. How did they blacklist you? Um, I actually, uh, got my credentials from this company uh, while working for them. I, I also acquired credentials. Um, I was working, it's a pharmaceutical company. Um, so they were able to blacklist my credentials because they were the ones that issued it to me. Okay, was your credentials through the state of Texas? Yes. Okay, in the kind of way you can appeal that? I'm in the process of it, um, and that's why I couldn't give you the name of the company. I'm in the process of appealing that now. Okay, so how did it hurt your income by blacklisting your credentials? Well, tremendously. Um, getting fired, I mean, my income stopped coming in 100%. And then uh, trying to get, you know, other jobs, they, I don't have the credentials anymore. So I would either have to take way less pay, um, about half of what I was making with my credentials, or I just have to go into a completely different field. Now, as you're looking for jobs, you know, people kind of recognizing your face a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, due to them putting your information out there. Do you feel safe here? No, not at all. Did you have any incidents to say, I think I need to move around? Only online. Online only. Uh, there's been a lot of, I guess, bullying, maybe harassment via Instagram, Facebook, stuff like that. Um, I haven't had any physical incidents. Okay, what did they say to you online? Um, kind of the same things that I was telling you they were posting to my company. There were a few threats. Um, I did get a few threats from people saying they weren't going to leave any witnesses behind, um, telling me I needed to watch my back and stuff like that. Okay, and these like troll accounts or these actual people accounts that did this? I, I did my fair share of digging. Um, a few of them are legitimate accounts and a few of them were troll accounts as well. Okay, so after dealing with harassment, 
you being felt like you're being criminalized for something you had nothing to do with at all. They find a way to take away your job, take away your credentials. They literally put you in a space like you killed both of John. Mm-hmm. So explain to us just kind of like where you're at today with all this. Um, today, I'm just I'm just taking it one day at a time, just trying to deal with everything. In addition to losing my job over this, I'm also an entrepreneur. Um, I had gotten to the point where I was generating income from Instagram with my clothing brand. Um, they deleted my personal account where I, I initially uploaded the videos. A few days later, they deleted my business accounts as well um, from both Instagram and Facebook. Um, so I'm dealing with that. I'm trying to rebuild my followers back up with my business. Um, and that's where I'm at today. I'm just in a, in a state of rebuilding right now. Okay, now, uh, uh, okay, I didn't know that part. Who, how, how was Facebook and Instagram able to delete her account because of that? People post stuff like that all the time. And it ain't like she posted somebody getting shot in the head. I've seen, I've seen people getting literally beat to death on Facebook and Instagram and it wasn't taken off. So it's, so it's almost starting to show you how all these things are tied together. How all these little groups is tied together. You see, and let me give y'all a business tip for all my entrepreneurs out there. That's why we have to build our own email list. If you're not following me on Instagram, I want you to go to my Instagram and click the link that's in my bio. Uh, It's going to be about building your email list. I'm doing a workshop on this next Thursday. Next Thursday, I'm doing a workshop on this. So go to my Instagram at brother BNX, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, brother spelled out, BNX. I'm teaching entrepreneurs how to grow online, make sales online, and build your list. Because I got terminated on YouTube because so-called hate speech. And they be banning me all the time on Facebook. And like she said, we don't, you know, we don't own Facebook. We don't own uh, YouTube. But these are good outlets because we can reach the masses of the people. But as business people and those of us who need to reach people, we need to build up our own email list. So if Facebook ban me, if Instagram ban me, I still got my list that I can email. You can put them in a text list or email list. We got to start building that up so we can have access to our clients, have access to our customers. We got to build that up. But that's crazy, man. Okay, so... Facebook, the Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, they decided just to take down your accounts. Mm-hmm. And they sent me an email telling me that my posts were against the community guidelines. Um, my business account, I don't understand that. It's, it's a clothing brand. There's nothing posted on there except clothes. Uh, but they told me it was, it was against their community guidelines, and they, they deleted the page. Because based off what you told me, that clothes is not against the community guidelines. Were you selling like lingerie or something? No, mostly T-shirts. Okay, T-shirts. Well, did the T-shirts have any like curse words no. or? Okay, so what it's at least sounded like to me that is retaliation because they have a direct link. Facebook do direct mm-hmm. link with a lot of these law enforcement agencies, so they wanted to probably just harass you and, and unfortunately, yeah. uh, that way. So you have what a website now? How are you promoting your clothing line now? Um, I'm just trying to rebuild everything. I started from scratch. Um, I also started. Ex- randomly experiencing problems logging into the back end of my website during this time. So I deleted that website. I'm just starting from scratch right now. And wow. no, my, my website is not back up yet. Wow. Not back up yet. Mm-hmm. And from what I saw, you also had a uh, GoFundMe. 
I do. Um, one of my ex-coworkers um, from the job that they let me go, my manager, she watched me go through all of this. She knew what was going on with me. She wanted to do something to help me out. So she actually started a GoFundMe for me. Um, she's since then handed it over to me. But yeah, she did start a GoFundMe for me. Okay, so uh, no matter what amount someone gives throughout the world, it goes directly to you, correct? Yes, it does. Okay. And the moment you get your clothing line site or whatever you want to, you know, post it at, you know, let us know because uh, we like to share it on our community tab and, okay. you know, because we want to do everything we can here to, you know, people throughout the world because, you know, we have a lot of people watching throughout the world um, could also purchase, you know, from you as well. Okay. Yeah, I absolutely will. So as an uh, American citizen, you know, that done the right thing, how do you feel when you see your government because the police, Texas Rangers, allegedly feds, their representation of your government. How do you feel knowing that they're coming down on you and you did nothing to no one? I just feel ostracized. Um, I feel belittled. And unfortunately, I'm, I'm not surprised. I didn't think it would go any other way. Um, she has received, Amber has received so much support from her community. And I feel like I didn't receive the same. Um, she's the one that actually pulled the trigger that murdered somebody. I'm the one that tried to help put a murderer behind bars. Um, and it just seems like it, it went, she got so much support and I got none, um, which is honestly why I made the decision to, to start speaking up. I actually didn't come forward about anything I was experiencing till about maybe a month ago during the beginning of December is the first time I really spoke out about this. Um, and I kind of felt compelled to speak, speak out about it. I just felt, um, I was doing more damage to myself staying in the shadows opposed to just coming forward. Well, the beautiful thing about, you know, speaking up and people knowing your story, because some people didn't even hear from you. Um, and the great thing is, you know, uh, Sister Lisa Cabrera and uh, Sister Kimberly from the True Royal Family told me about, you know, you. And even though it was just ironic that we was trying to contact you and they had to contact so it, it was beautiful. But we interviewed uh, Sister Melissa McKinnis uh, in St. Louis with, you know, about her son, Donye Jones. And the community came out in great support. So, I believe that the community would do that again. I believe that too. Um, and yeah, that's another reason I didn't, I didn't want any attention from this. It's not what I did it for. Um, but I had to kind of humble myself. I needed help. So I decided to speak out. Yeah. You know, it, it, I know we, we so used to doing things on our own yes. as a community and, and say, oh, I got it. I got it. And being so strong. But sometimes we need help from others, you know, mm -hmm. say, hey, you know, brother, sister, you know, it kind of help. You know, can you help us out, you know, and yeah. and we, we need to do that. So, you know, I definitely encourage that, you know, uh, I, we try to do much as possible, you know, here as, as a you know platform. But, you know, we definitely, you know, in support of you, uh, we definitely support of you know, any future endeavors that you want to do. And if you want to tell the world, you know, something that maybe we didn't touch, you know, there's people all over the world, many you know countries watching. What would you tell them? Just not to be scared to speak up and to do it sooner than later. Um, if you have something that you need to say to just speak up, that's as simple as it is. That's what I would tell them. So there it is, family. Um, that, that I mean, that's pretty much it, man. And uh, let me ask y'all, everyone who's listening, because I have a platform and listening to what this sister is going through, I'm pretty sure many others go through the same thing uh just to let you guys know the link that's that you're looking at right now the www.patreon.com slash brother that's how you can support my channel 
That's how you can support the work. That's how you can support the platforms by going to www.patreon.com slash brother Ben X. But what do y'all think about me interviewing people, man, who going through this and, 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 and start like a GoFundMe, man. And, 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 or what, let them start to go fund me. So we, it'd be their account and we just support them because it's something to tell the truth, man. And, and you being ostracized and you being cut off from your job and they messing with your Instagram account. People, I mean, I don't know if she got children, but some people got children, man. Some people got families. And just for speaking up, man, and, and, and telling the truth, some people can't get jobs. Like myself, I wouldn't, I don't think, you know, if, if people knew who I was, I wouldn't be able to get a job. But at the same time, man, when you think about this stuff, our people be needing stuff. So what do y'all think, man, about using this platform, using my platform, interviewing people, you know what I mean? Going out there and seeing if we can pull some. Re- and I'm not saying everybody give 50, everybody give 100. I'm talking about, man, we pull our resources and you give $2, you know, three, you know, $3, you know, a little $5. But if, if, if 500 of us, 200 of us give five, man, that can bless somebody's life, man. If they, if they really, if they really, really going through it, you know what I mean? So if y'all think that's something that we could do, if that's something y'all would like to do, man, just press the number three. Press the number three in the comment section, man, and just and I just want to gauge and see, man, how can we better use this platform? Yes, many people have been impacted by this platform. Many people have woken up about this platform. But I think, man, if we can come together, pool our resources and start to help people individually, we could get a a a a, 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 a image, a vision of what could be done. See? Man, if we can get if we can empower this brother right here, man, what could we do if we all put up a hundred? What could we do? So I think we should start small and grow large. Hey man, everybody give three dollars, everybody give five. And if we can impact this, then we come back and say, Well, hey man, how about we all put up a hundred and we and we go buy a building or we go buy such and such and so on. You, you know what I'm saying? So it you know it don't have to be GoFundMe. It can be it can be whatever we choose. We can do cash out. We can do PayPal. What Venmo? Whatever we want to use, we can come up with that as a collective. But we just come together, man. And whenever something go down, we 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 y'all, y'all get them in contact with me. Now now don't try to abuse it. Act like something going on in your life and ain't nothing really going on. We're going to have to do some fact checking. But if y'all really know somebody who's going through it, man, let's let's start to use the platform, you know. Let, let's see how we how let's see if we can use it, man, to really make change and help people out because telling the truth is something that needs to be done. And we need to have confidence as a community that when I stand up, I'm going to have people behind me. See, white folks, I'm going to be honest with you, man. White folks, they mess up. They kill somebody, they know they're going to get GoFundMe money. They know this. They know they're going to get supported. But our community, oh, man, I don't, you know, I really don't know if, if people are going to come through. Or, man, I don't, man, I don't know if, you know what I mean? We, we, I want to build a platform to where, man, if you got something to say and it's going to make change and we need this, man, you already know we got your back. Now, again, I ain't saying we got to put up 75, 50. If you got it like that, cool. But I'm talking about, man, we come together as a, a lot of us. Hey, man, here go five dollars. Here go two. Here go here go one. And I think, man, more people will have confidence in stepping up. More people will have confidence in making change. More people will have confidence in just speaking out. It don't even have to be this. It ain't got to be they saw somebody shoot somebody. It can be simply 
talking about what's going on in the school system, talking about what's going on with these vaccines, talking about what's going on with racism, talking about what's going on with this indoctrination. I'm talking about some people know this stuff and they scared to speak up because they scared that they boss going to see it on Facebook. They scared that they coworker going to see it on Facebook. I'm talking about small stuff that we know we should be saying that we know we should be speaking out about, but we even, we scared to say little things. So that's just a little something, something. So if you are, uh, interested in that man we're gonna get that going if you would like to check out the podcast man just type in brother ben x podcast on apple itunes on spotify google podcast or you can just simply google brother ben x podcast make sure you subscribe to me or follow me on instagram at brother ben x and if you would like to check me out or book me go to www.brotherbenx at gmail.com I thank you all for listening. I thank you all for sharing. I thank you all for participating. Y'all have a blacktastic day, family. Peace out. I just feel to be a modern day slave Working minimum wages, time to cock gauges I just feel to be a modern day slave Working minimum wages, time to cock gauges I just feel to be a modern day slave Working minimum wages, time to cock gauges I just feel to be a modern day slave Working minimum wages, time to cock gauges I take a knee but no one listens to no Cares about no descendant of some. I entertain them like a book dancing. Shoot that ball, make them laugh. And it don't matter how you vote, cause you's a Democratic, Republican. I held my job and still they pay me like a whip me like a, then work me like a dirty cops shoot a back talking, drug dealing, a runaway. Obama won cause they were scared of them Knew they owed them But never paid them You make it to the league And still be a Million dollar A welfare The prison system got like 3 million I speak for them I want a freedom How does it feel to be a modern day slave Working minimum wage It's time to cock gauges how does it feel to be a modern day slave? Working minimum wage, it's time to cock gauges. How does it feel to be a modern day slave? Working minimum wage, it's time to cock gauges. How does it feel to be a modern day slave? Working minimum wage, it's time to cock gauges. Now it don't matter about your color, you's a, a white trash, a ghetto black. And Trump don't care about no Mexicans. Or Puerto Ricans, just let them drown. No, no, nobody cares about the health of no sick or not. I'll fire that. I know all whites didn't really own some blacks own some Uncle Tom. And everybody benefited from the sharecropping, that axe swinging. Even the White House was designed by some intelligence. And built by more. The Civil War was won and fought by some. Fought for the. We died like some. And everybody loves the cooking from us. Sex from us. Then toss away a.
I just feel to be a modern day slave Working minimum wages, time to cock gauges How does it feel to be a modern day slave Working minimum wages, time to cock gauges How does it feel to be a modern day slave Working minimum wages, time to cock gauges How does it feel to be a modern day slave Working minimum wages, time to cock gauges